Hello and welcome to the Give and Go podcast. Welcome back to the Give and Go podcast. I'm Scott Erickson, the girls basketball writer for Game Time CT, and we are joined as always by Will Aldum. Will, how you doing, buddy? Good, Scott. It's been a while. Oh my God. I mean, I think the last show we did was the tournament preview last year. Yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'll have to go back and see how I did on those picks. Yeah, well. <laughs> I know I had three of the four double L's left, so that uh, I don't know how else I did. Everything went dark after that. Yep, literally. Uh, speaking of uh, double L, we're going to have uh, Newtown coach Jeremy O'Connell joining us on the show today. Uh, he's got a whole new look team. Uh, they started off 1-0 in the season. Um, and we're going to talk about some other things, just getting the season going. Um, some of the games played Monday, and then Tuesday, of course, we had a snow day and <laughs> delayed everything again. But, uh, you know, the FCAC and SEC and everything are going to get going when we're recording this on Wednesday. Um, and then when we come back next week, we should have, you know, a, a new poll and a whole new set of games. Um, you went up to Sheehan. You saw a game at Sheehan. How'd they look? Yeah, number 10 Sheehan. Um, you know, we, uh, in our interview, we're going to hear a little bit about how important seniors are, and they're a team that's loaded with them, four starting seniors. So uh, they uh, should be one of the top teams uh, in the SEC for sure. It'll be interesting to see if they can uh, knock off Hamden, the two-time defending champ. I know. Um, they handled them pretty well, though. I mean, yeah. Uh, Caitlin Hunt in, in, the, in the center there, how did she look? I mean, in the last year when I saw her, I really, I really liked her as a player. She was good. She led her team in points. She put up 15. But again, I mean, they had, I think, four scores with double-digit points. They're a, they're a well-oiled machine. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if, if they can uh, make some noise in the SEC and win, win the SEC. I mean, I personally think they're the best team. But then again, who knows what's going on this year? Right. Uh, this season's obviously very different. Um, for, for me, one of the best parts of girls basketball every year is the crossover games and the you know, really good teams tend to play really good teams in girls basketball more than any other sport. Um, and obviously, we're going to miss that this year. Uh, we're going to miss it a lot. Uh, so it's going to be hard to say who's the best, who's who's better than this team or which conference is better. There's no state tournament. Um, but we're still doing the poll. And I think, you know, at least in the first week that it was pretty good. I mean, look, Notre Dame Fairfield's obviously the number one team in the state. They didn't lose a game last year in state. Uh, they were rolling. Um, everyone was waiting to see them against hand in that L semi. If they had both reached that, which I thought they would have, that would have been amazing. But they deserve to be number one. Um, they have Nick Mayo back. They have Max Stone Fulmer back. Uh, you know, we've talked about how they've lost Yamani McCullough and then Ciara Brown uh, also transferred and is at Colby now. But even losing those two kids, like, I wrote this during one of the preview things I wrote that would devastate most programs and Notre Dame just sort of will just sort of roll on like they're losing two all state caliber kids and they're going to be just fine. And I don't know if any of the teams in the SWC this year can challenge them. Um, you know, Newtown's always going to be okay, but they're sort of reloading lost five seniors. Uh, Pop Rock's going to be pretty good. I think, uh, so we'll see. I mean, do you think anyone's gonna gonna challenge Notre Dame Fairfield in that SWC? Personally, no. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're loaded. They are loaded. Um, and then the the rest of the top ten, uh, Trumbull came in at number two. Uh, you know, they were highly ranked last year. Another team loaded with seniors. I think they have six seniors in the team, maybe seven. 
Uh, they're led by Cassie Barbado. Uh, I like Trumbull a lot. I think Trumbull is the best team in the FCAC. Ito, which always has those girls playing really well. I'm going to see them tonight, uh, Wednesday night, as we talk. Uh, they're going to play number eight, Ridgefield. Uh, Ridgefield obviously had an incredible run to the FCAC final last year, won the championship. And they brought back a bunch of kids from that team. So, you know, Callie Steitzel and Katie Flynn and others are going to be back for them. I'm really interested to see that game tonight. It's going to be strange. Uh, empty gym. Let me ask you that. You were in a gym. I mean, what was Sheehan like with, with no fans in there? Uh, quiet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You hear everything. And uh, the, the most interesting part is definitely the mask breaks. These, like, random, you know, timeouts where – get water and take a drink and they scatter around the court for a little while it's uh it's interesting did you notice any issues with the masks i mean you said they took breaks but anything else i mean or they did they seem okay uh they seem fine i'm sure i mean uh, as again in the interview talk a little bit about how conditioning's changed uh for uh you know basketball players with having to wear the masks but uh they seem to do all right but uh, i'm sure the mask breaks are uh quite helpful yeah, I would think so, especially those teams that want to get up and down. Um, uh, coming in at number three in our poll was NFA. Um, NFA uh, did lose some people, but again, another team with a bunch of seniors there, uh, led by Janessa Varela. Um, and a, they have a six-foot center in Asia Ingram. I think NFA is going to be really good out in the ECC. Obviously, they're going to have to try to get past uh, New London, who's ranked number five, and then Bacon Academy, who's ranked number six. So you know, the teams three, five, and six are all from the ECC. Um, that, that conference is generally top heavy. I think it will be again this year, but all three of those teams are really talented. Um, obviously out at New London, we have Tammy Millsaps coming down from Cap Prep and all the success she had there as a coach and now taking over a New London program, which brings back a lot of kids, including uh, Jane Burns, who's really, really awesome. And a few other kids. Um, the team I'm really interested in is Newington. You know, we have Newington at number four. And so they lost to Shante Frazier. Shante Frazier is an all-state guard. But Newington shouldn't really take too much of a step back. Uh, they had the Zoko sisters who are still there. And then they got a transfer from East Catholic, uh, Lily Ferguson, who I think is really, really going to help them. She was their leading scorer on opening night. Uh, and I think Newington's going to be – I think they – the CCC in general is really good. Uh, you know, you have Shaylin Pinckney at East Hartford. Uh, you have Gomblaski, I hope I'm saying her name right, uh, from EO. Um, there's some really, really talented players in the CCC. So I'd be interested to see if, if Newington can come out of that fray. Obviously, that's such a huge conference that all the teams aren't playing each other. So that's going to be interesting, too, because there's some teams that just won't see other teams. Um, and then we go down the pole a little more. Danbury at number seven and Ridgefield at number eight, two FCX schools. Danbury is not going to play till uh, the middle of next week because uh, they were a little slow getting going with the season because of COVID restrictions. Their kids are actually just back in school. They've been remote learning this whole time. They were supposed to go back in the fall, got shut down again. So Danbury has been through some hard times, but they have a stack, stack team uh, with Keanu Perry and Tiana Rogers. And then our top 10 rounds out with E.O. Smith, uh, who lost to East Hartford. So I, I assume East Hartford will slip into that top 10 next week and E.O. will slide out. Because um, East Hartford has two Division I caliber kids playing for them. I, I think they're going to be a really good team. I personally voted them in the top 10 this week. Um, 
They didn't make the top 10, but I voted them in the top 10. I think they are a top 10 team. And then we had Sheehan rounding out the top 10 at number 10, and they were the only SEC team, and they only beat Ludlow by one vote. So we almost had our opening poll with no SEC teams, which would have been very, very strange. And I'd have to go back and look and see when the last time no SEC teams were were in the top 10. Um, are you going to see any other games coming up here soon? I, I know you, they, we got you jumping around to a lot of different sports right now, Will. Yeah, I think I've got hockey tonight, but uh, I'm sure I will get out soon. The girls' basketball games. So gotta gotta stay up, up to touch. Gotta stay up. You gotta yeah. stay up. Um, and we always love when you show up at a game. You got a good video camera, so if the kids see you coming to a game, um, that's a good sign for them. You got some good highlights of the Sheen game the other night. Um, so we hope we see you at a game. Uh, we're gonna take a real quick break, and then we're gonna come back on Give and Go with Newtown coach Jeremy O'Connell. All right, we are joined here on the Give and Go podcast now by Newtown's coach, Jeremy O'Connell. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very much, Scott. Really uh, excited to be here. And first, I want to say I really want to thank you guys for everything you've done the last few years with girls basketball, really giving us the opportunity throughout the state to show the teams and especially the uh, young student athletes that are doing such a great job and giving them the exposure that they uh, really deserve. So we really appreciate everything that you have done on your end for girls basketball. Uh, thanks. I appreciate that. I mean, yeah, the girls deserve the spotlight, especially now. I mean, I think, and you can probably speak to this better. Uh, I mean, have you seen girls basketball just get better and better and better in the state? I mean, there's so many good players across the state now. Is it the best it's been? It's the best it's been in a while. I think yeah. the last few years of really uh, girls basketball has come to the forefront again. I think it took a little lull for a few years, but the last four or five years, it's really stepped up again. And, uh, you know, any night anywhere in the state, there are battles going on and it's a lot of fun to watch and to follow. And I think people are really excited again about uh, girls basketball. Do you think that that came out of just that they're growing and playing more in the offseason and just the overall talent getting better, too? Yes, I think that the opportunities are there now a lot more for, you know, female athletes in every sport, but especially now in basketball, too, giving them the opportunity to play a lot more in every other offseason when it was usually just a few weeks in the springtime. Now they're having some more summer opportunities, more fall opportunities, and you can really tell uh, that a lot of the girls are taking advantage of that, and it really helps their high school programs. What kind of youth program do you guys have in Newtown? Do you guys have like a good girls' youth program? We do. We have a really good rec and travel program. And I have to say the coaches there are great. They're there for the right reasons. And, you know, it makes it a lot of fun. And it's really beneficial to us here at Newtown when those kids get to the high school level because they have the foundational skills that we're looking for to build into our program. How good did it feel to get back on that court the other night? Uh, you guys played Bethel. I mean, it was, I can't imagine. you know, it was one of those things that we had so much time to just think about last season. And, you know, we really didn't know if we'd have the opportunity this year with everything that was going on, making sure that everyone was safe. Uh, we weren't sure if it would just be practices, if you'd get a couple games in. And now, you know, we have a 12 game season with some modified playoffs getting on the court. Those butterflies were great to have again, you know, right before the national anthem, everyone you know, looking around, ex eagerly excited to play. And, you know, coaching-wise, it's the greatest thing. 
So I was nervous all day, but as soon as the ball went up in the air, I was so excited to be back again. How are the girls adjusting to, I mean, everything's new for them. I mean, let's talk to the start. That's playing in masks. How are the girls adjusting to, to playing in masks, practicing in the mask? It's very difficult. You know, yeah. we're really an up-tempo style type of program, and we've had to dial it down maybe to a quarter of what we normally do conditioning-wise, making sure everyone's okay, and even health-wise, because kids really couldn't get out and get into a gymnasium since last year. You know, right. so making sure that we've been taking every precautionary measure to make sure the girls are okay. And again, I'm not sure how difficult it's going to be moving forward, but I know at the beginning of the year, it's been really difficult for us just to try to manage what the workload should be to keep the kids healthy and safe and, and making sure that they're okay. I would imagine that's easier to monitor at practice. How did you find it in the game? Like you girls are going running up and down everything seems normal. Was there a point where you had to say, Hey, we got to like slow it down or like, it was well, strange for you guys. You guys like to go. It is strange, but the mask breaks do a huge favor okay. for everybody. Yeah. You know, they stop it within right after the four minute mark of every quarter. And it's good because, you know, you're not coaching there. I'm, everyone's like, all right, spread out, take your masks off. If you need a drink of water, get a drink of water. So it's almost like a modified timeout for the kids. Yeah. We have done a little more. We did a little more substituting in the first game at quicker intervals than we normally would. Yeah. Just to, you know, monitor everyone. Hopefully as the season goes on, we can figure out what's in the best interest of everyone. What was it like having no crowd? You guys had no one in the crowd? <laughs> you know, what do you say that we've been, I told the girls up for this year, I go, Hey, we've been practicing this for like a decade. Having no fans in the crowd. So we have right. a great advantage and distinct advantage over a lot of programs. Uh, you know, we always have great parental support. And then when you're winning, just like in any other program, then the high school kids start to come out and support. Cause yeah. Cause last year you had some decent crowds. Okay. Yeah. We had some really good crowds again last year and you know, I understand why they're doing it. And for the first few weeks, you know, they're going to look at this and then look back at what the situation is and see if we can allow at least parents in. Right. Especially for those senior parents, you'd like to have them have the chance, right? Yeah, they are being kind. Our senior night, because they're trying to do it early, is actually tomorrow night. And okay. they're allowing the two senior, the two family members from each senior family to come in and watch the game. That's good. I mean, so, I mean, you come at this from a unique perspective, too, because you have two high school age kids. Um, what's it been like for them? I mean, going through this whole thing? Well, you know, my son as a senior, the college process is way different than I had anticipated. Is he a football you know, player? Yes, he is. Right. OK. You know, so going through that process with him has been different, you know, even with the standardized testings, not really being a, available all the time and just try not being able to go visit schools, you know, academically, he's been doing really well and it, but it's hard. It's hard to be home even for, you know, at Newtown, we've been in full for a long time, but we go home for lunch and the last period of the day is remote. So him being home, you know, and then home on other days, that's a little difficult with the transition. Yeah. Uh, my, my daughter as a junior who also starts for us in basketball has it way worse than anyone 
having to deal with me not only in school but also as a coach <laughs> and at right. home. You know, so she's she's just been a saint with what she's had to deal with. You know, pretty much her whole life. Yeah, is it the socializing that's the hardest part for them? That the yeah, lack of socializing. Parenting wise, it's it's really hard to try to draw a line between what you you let them do and what you don't let them do. Because I don't feel like you should keep everyone in, especially in our building, if there's 15, 1600 kids walking around every day, if they have a select few friends, go ahead, hang out. Right. You know, make sure you're safe, make sure you're smart with what you do. Uh, but I can't, I don't want to isolate them because they're not isolated throughout the day. Right. And it just, I mean, I mean, you remember when you're in high school, like friends are probably your most important thing as much as yeah. your academics and sports are important. I mean, the friends are really the thing. Is, was that the thing last spring that you noticed the most with your kids that, that, that they were missing the most? Yes, it, it was hard because when this first happened last year, everyone was in lockdown. Right. You know, pretty much all summer. And there were times where, you know, it would be four, three to four weeks before my kids would see anyone else besides my wife and I. Right. So you could tell that that was really draining on school when we started with the course, which was positive. And now at least they get a little bit of interaction socially to go along with all the academic challenges going on with, you know, this, this style of education. So your son played football. Is he trying to play in college? No, he's no. going, he wants to go south big and enjoy life. I said, hey, this is one to get that opportunity. Just go do it. A smart boy. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Very much so. Um, so did, when your team came back, I mean, are they really locked in, especially the older players, to following the rules and doing what they're supposed to do when they're away from the court? Yeah, and we talked about it. We have such a shortened season that, hey, I understand there's a lot of things that you would like to do, but for the interest of our, our program, you have six weeks where really you can just kind of buckle down, be smart about it, hang out together because we're together anyway. And I'm not saying don't be a high school kid, but make good decisions on what you're doing. And for the most part, I have to say they're really good about everything. You know, they take it to heart. Uh, they believe in they, you know, they bought into for year after year what we're with, with what's going on right now in regards to how the team acts out off the court. We're, I mean, you, you have four seniors in the team this year. Are they kind of leading that whole thing and, and working with the younger girls or is, it, or is everyone kind of in on that? It's it, They definitely have been great, super positive role models for the rest of the program. And the girl, the younger girls, especially, especially the freshmen who really don't know much else, see what right. they're doing and they follow their lead. So it's it, that's been really good. Um, so when we last left you, I, you were the last game I covered, uh, state semifinal. How disappointing was that with that squad that you had um, to, to not finish that season off one way or another? It still, it still hurts a lot. And it hurts in the fact that, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, to coach a state championship team. Right. And knowing how far and few between those opportunities are, 
uh, and knowing where we were at and we were playing the best basketball we've been playing all season. Yep. And understanding why and a half. You know, so that was hard at the time to really figure out, but all in all, they made the right decision for the safety of kids. It's something that will always kind of linger how sad we are. You know, we talk about one of my assistant coaches, his daughter is on the team and my daughter on the team. Not yeah. only being able to have a chance to win a state championship with a phenomenal bunch of seniors that gave me everything for four years, share that experience with kids, you know, was one of those things that we look back and we're really sad about. Yeah, and, and it's hard. I mean, it's hard to get that group. I mean, you had Amy, Kylie, Wilson, Juliet Kreider, Carly Smith. I mean, those groups of like having all those seniors together, that doesn't come along all the time, right? No, and Rebecca Alisea too. It's Rebecca, very, yeah, right. very infrequent that I have more than three seniors. Right. You know, a lot of times kids, you know, feel that basketball isn't right for them or whatnot. So, you know, usually after their sophomore year, they decide, you know, or after their junior year, they make other decisions. But having that group that was so dedicated, and I'll tell you this, they were all basketball first. Right. Like, they played multiple sports, but basketball was first, and you could tell.
Uh, we're back on Give and Go. Uh, we want to thank Newtown coach Jeremy O'Connell uh, for joining us. I thought Jeremy had a really unique perspective, not just as a coach, but being the father of two high school students right now and talking about how they're being affected by this isolation and how even when they're practicing at school, it's just not the same for them. And that's always the one thing I keep thinking about is if I was in high school, I would just be so devastated not to be around my friends all the time, not to be going to parties, all that fun stuff that high school really is about. Um, he does have some sick uh, retro Seahawk uniforms, so I'll give him some points for that. <laughs> and we know that he loves cover two up, up Newtown, um, which he declared is the best restaurant in the state. So uh, I will say it's good. Uh, he invites me there quite often. I'm going to have to take him up on it one time and go there after a game when everything reopens. Uh, but we want to thank Jeremy. Uh, for taking the time to talk to us today. That was a really fun interview. Um, will and I will be back next week with another episode of Give and Go. We'll go through the top 10. We'll have had some decent games then. Uh, we'll talk 